Welcome back to When Life Gives You Melons. This is the first episode recorded in 2021. Woohoo! Yeah. Uh, have you made it with us? Are you across the threshold? Uh, as always, we are your hosts. I'm Reed, and over there, hello, is Drew. I'm Drew. Hi. It's exciting to be in 2021. I'm ready for a whole new year. Well, although you're already listening to us uh, on whatever platform you found us on, uh, it, it was official over the weekend that we are on Spotify and Stitcher, um, which is obviously going to be it's coming out weeks later. So you know that because hi, uh, but we're there. We're out. We're going. And a week from today, we'll be on Apple officially, hopefully. Uh, so you can find us there as well, which has already happened because this is future read, I guess, now talking. Already all happened. Yes. Very suddenly, but not suddenly. You know, what I've learned is that sometimes you shouldn't be working on your project and also celebrating the new year, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but what a new year it turned out to be. I am happy with the little accident of uh, the podcast came out to Spotify December 31st, 2020. Yep. And it was an accident. But uh, here we are. And I'm fine with that. Me too. It was actually for me a terrific way to say goodbye to 2020 and hello to 2021 as podcasters. It was... It felt like a very nice watershed moment, like almost like perfect, Ugh, like a tiny baptism. Yeah, but a fear, baptism of fear, <laughs> fire. Is anyone else having that anxiety moment? No. Okay, we'll get over <laughs> it. Uh, so, our um, topic for you today is going to be the myths of dyslexia, and I do understand that we've been talking about this a lot lately, or just in general, because that's half of basically why this podcast is being done is because there's so many myths, which leads to stigmas, which leads to not being able to get the help that we need. Mm -hmm. But uh, we have collected a couple of the myths that we hear all of the time. So some of these are going to be reiterative and some of these are going to be like uh, ones that we haven't necessarily talked about or covered before. Um, it's going to be kind of like a, not as in depth as our science ones. So don't worry about that. It's more just, just being like, nope. And go look it up if you don't believe us. Or yes, and for this reason. Or, yeah. you know, or something like that, you know. Okay. Yeah, anything to add or just want to get to it? Uh, nope, we can get to it. Here we go. <laughs> okay, so myth. Dyslexia isn't real. So there's been a lot of research showing that dyslexia is real, and we've talked to you about that before. Um, but about 30 years ago is when the Orton-Gillingham approach to teaching dyslexia and understanding how to teach dyslexia was founded. So we've known for 30 years how to successfully teach dyslexics. So bubble pop, dyslexia is real, and we've known through documentation and also through therapy how to treat it or work with it 
And I will also tell you that dyslexia is the most common learning disability diagnosed to kids. It's, uh, it's not the only reading disability out there, but it's like, I think 80% of people diagnosed with a learning disability are going to be diagnosed with dyslexia. Very interesting. And the fact that we don't hear about it in adults struggling with it in everyday life. I mean, they're out there. They're out there. We just don't hear from them. You're just not supposed to talk about it. It's like Fight Club, but in a very sad way. Yes. In some ways. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Next myth. Dyslexia is rare. Drew, percentage of dyslexia in the population, please. 10 to 20% of the population has dyslexia. 10 to 20%. That's not a very small amount. No, it's not. Our next one. Myth. Dyslexia is a catch-all for any learning disability. So, fact dyslexia is a specific type of learning disability. There are different reading disabilities, but dyslexia is categorized by the difficulty with accuracy and or fluent word recognition, poor spelling and decoding abilities. And they also will show with, you know, secondary problems such as uh, certain issues with uh, pronunciation, um, vocabulary issues, reading comprehension issues because we don't, we're not as fluent as reading, so we aren't able to comprehend um, as well because we're decoding at the same time in a very weird way. And um, issues in, obviously, like writing with the ability to spell and things like that and uh, understanding punctuation because that's a whole monster with spelling. It's all it's all categorized and has a specific thing for dyslexia. And you do, when you go and get um, diagnosed, you will get diagnosed with uh, dyslexia, you know, mm-hmm. it's a diagnosis. But it's not the only learning disability out there, or shoo, it's not the only neurological difference out there. There's other neurological learning differences. Yeah, it's not the only reading. Yeah, I keep saying disability. I shouldn't say disability so much. It's not the only. Oh, I say it too. It's hard difference. to drop that lingo. Uh, it's a work in progress, even in ourselves. <laughs> um, next one is. Myth. Dyslexia is a brain weakness. Yeah. Some people find it difficult to learn how to recognize and manipulate full names because of natural variances in the brain, not due to a brain weakness. Yeah. And phonemes is, um, just because I did have to look this up, it's the sounds that letters and words make and the ability to like manipulate the, the sounds that you hear with letters and words. So... Yeah. Some people find those more difficult to recognize and manipulate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a little quick one. The next one we have gone over before. Um, and this is an easy answer one. Ready? Dyslexia is reading letters or words backwards. False. Or that letters or words move on a page. So, Drew, you should know the answer to this. Easy peasy. One, reading it backwards. It's, 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 I mean, I get where people are coming from when they say things like that, but it's much more complicated than, than actually like reading it backwards. It, it's so complicated, actually. So complicated. And we don't really see letters backwards. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some people, it might, if you're out there and that's the way dyslexia might affect you. It's a spectrum, but it's not a universal, yes, this is dyslexia. 
we see letters backwards. This is dyslexia. We read the wrong direction. This is dyslexia. The words jump on the page and we can't figure out which sentence we're in. That's not a universal thing. And it doesn't, some people might not experience that at all. And the reasons why those are even out there as that for people to like think about it is, is for different reasons than people think. So like the moving on the page, Mm -hmm. we talked about this in the brain or was it not the brain? Was it the gifts one where we talk about how your peripheral vision is actually heightened and that's why it seems like things are moving. And also the, the, um, moving letters around or reading a word backwards can actually come from the fact that we normally will latch on to a word or a sound that is the, the, like the harder, the prevalent, the more, the first sound that you hear versus how the, the most is distinct sound. Yeah. So, yeah. so, um, and we'll also throw R's in next to things a lot of the times. It'll be yeah, like for whatever eight. reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I so can hear it. I know it's there. I just can't drop it. You just can't drop it. But it's it's not reading things backwards. It's this whole, like, weird thing that's happening. So it's just, mm-hmm. there we are. It's out there. Yep. Blah, 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 blah. Our next one. Ew. Drew, do you want to read this oh, one? I'll, yes, I will read this one. Okay. Uh, myth. Dyslexia doesn't show up until elementary school. Yeah, no. Mom could tell that I had dyslexia by the time I was like three. Yeah. So uh, dyslexia does or can show up like immediately, basically. Like there's not going to be a baby that you're going to be like, oh, he can't track my like hands. So he has dyslexia. No, that's not that's not how it works. But once you start introducing certain things um, that other kids should get, like uh, your ABCs, uh, being able to remember that because it's a, it's a rhyme, right? And it's a, <laughs> um, also, uh, a lot of like preschoolers can read, you know? So like, don't tell me that doesn't show up until elementary school because there's people in preschool that are reading. Mm-hmm. It also show up with, uh, things mm-hmm. like remembering, um, mm-hmm. the, mem- the remembering games that you'll play with kids. Uh, you'll see it there. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to move on to, um, ooh, this is going to be one that's going to, we're going to not, we're not going to tangent on okay. this one. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, we're not. Myth. Dyslexia mostly affects boys. <sighs> um, so dyslexia and other neurological disorders like ADHD and also autism are normally diagnosed to boys more than girls. And that's not because boys get these things more, but it's because girls show up differently. Like it shows up in them differently than it does in boys. And I also, okay, side mm-hmm. no little tangent. I do think it's a gender issue where people think that boys are supposed to act a certain way and girls are supposed to act a certain way. So therefore, <sighs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there are certain things. Yeah. Yeah. That that girls, yeah, learn early that they can't do certain things. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. I do think that that's an, uh, a societal issue, and uh, I would suggest everyone to get tested if you are a boy or if you are a girl equally, 
it is mm-hmm. uh it it does not show a bias to one gender none of these things do um so Mm-mm. we're out there we're just getting overlooked and that's really hard to have mm-hmm. to see <laughs> uh yeah it affects everyone just the same um yep okay so myth kids with dyslexia just need to try harder to read i mean come on guys just buckle down that one i have to breathe through a little bit oh <laughs> it's also because i said oh. it so so like flippantly yeah. right like oh that one hurts that that one really hurts okay dyslexics are far from lazy their brains are working five times harder to do the same tasks as everybody else. This causes frustration and exhaustion that can cause a dyslexic to give up on a task far earlier than their peers might. And I, I completely relate to this. I, I mean, just I have to turn reading on in order to read. And like, I'll read one page of something and my eyes hurt. My eyes literally hurt and I feel (sighs) tired and I have to stop and rest. So besides just the fact that you're, you physically get tired, it's almost like being asked, uh, it's like having to run two miles and everyone else has to run one and you still have to do it in the same amount of time and you get told, well, you're just, you know, you're just, you know, not trying hard enough. It's like, oh, I just ran two miles. You kidding me? So the brain of a dyslexic individual is literally processing information differently. It has nothing to do with how much effort we're putting into the task at hand, but how much like physical effort our brain is using to do this processing. And it really boils down to the type of instruction that makes a difference, not how hard a person is trying. If you're given the right instruction, if you're given the right tools to learn what you're what you're trying to learn, a lot of this this overexhaustion of the dyslexic brain is mitigated and and because you're learning it the way you're supposed to be learning it right there's actually a ton of programs for that i went through one wilson reading program edmark program that's another one um anything with air quote the orton gillingham approach which is just a multi-sensory uh learning approach to to reading so since you went through the wilson reading program you don't get tired as fast as I do. No. Cool. Mm-hmm. See, I, I really hope what you say is true because to be honest, I've tried so hard to teach myself how to read. When I went to BYU you can't Idaho, teach yourself. I know. When I went to BYU Idaho, I would read books and come across words I had a hard time with. I made flashcards. No. I put them in order of difficulty, color coded. I ended up throwing them away like uh, when I was in my late 20s I was just like these aren't working and I mean I've I've been a little wary to do any other reading programs until I have until I know I'm being taught by somebody who knows what they're doing and I know I can put the time in because I've just put so much time it takes into this as it is it takes so much time and you don't want shitty I can't put any more time into yeah something that's not gonna work no it's I just can't Myth. Dyslexia goes away once a kid learns how to read, or you can, air quote, grow out of it. I know we talked about this one before, but um, dyslexia is not something to be 
cured of, for one. Uh, and two, when you learn how to read as a dyslexic, you still have your dyslexic brain. You just have pattern recognition that's better and decoding and encoding encoding that's better. But you can't grow out of it. You're always dyslexic. There's no running away from that brain of yours. There's no washing it away with instruction. There's like, it's like reading is always going to be a little bit more work for a dyslexic because once again, I know I've said this before, but even if you learn how to read, you always have to turn it on and flip the way your brain's working because your brain just naturally works the other direction. Like in your everyday life, you actually have to stop, think about it and flip it to make it work. Like literally, or I guess literally people might get it or whatever. Pedanticism is such low hanging fruit. So we're not going to bother. Right. I agree. Okay. Uh, Yes. Jesus. So, so even when you do learn how to read and like me, like, hi, I can read one. I do have to switch it on no matter what, like, it's not like it's the thing that I always rant, I always do. And then on top of that, if I'm in a situation that stresses me out, if I get panicked, if I, it's gone, I can't do it. Whatever therapy I had, nope. Well, it's, it's a type of like a, a performance anxiety as well. Cause like you already know you don't do it very well. And there are, I mean, at least for me, it, there are things that happen in those situations that when they happen, give me anxiety and the anticipation of that happening gives me anxiety. And it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. Sorry. Yeah, it doesn't. You, it's just, I was just saying that like, even with the therapy, if I'm in a, if I get stressed out, it's gone. Like it doesn't go away. It's there. Yeah. Um, the therapy is gone. (laughs) Not the dyslexia. Mm -hmm. Anyways. Dyslexia is a vision problem, and I'm actually going to quick jump in here and say I am going to hard tangent for a second. Hard tangent. I remember I remember going to the eye doctor. I don't know if it was like an ophthalmologist or like, like a specialist of some sort or like whatever, but they put me in rooms and they made me do weird tasks to see if it would, I don't know, help like my dyslexia to see if... I don't know what they were doing. Uh, I re- vividly remember being a small child and in a room, a pitch black room with a strobe light and having a ball thrown at my face by this doctor and keep getting <sighs> hit in the face. I remember this <gasps> so much. This is why I have a fear of oh. balls. I can. <laughs> sorry. This is. Sorry. This is why I cannot play certain sports because it's just. Face hit, face hit, face hit. I remember you telling me the story. I forgot about it, but I remember. Who decided that that was something? Oh, it must be, it must be the eyes. It must be the eye issue. No, it's not. I remember my eye doctor giving the suggestion, do you want to try glasses and see if that helps? And I was all up on that. Yeah, give me some glasses. I want to look like a cute little librarian, little kid who, who young woman who spends all of her time in the library Ugh. reading books. And give I hated them. that. Yeah, I, I loved it. I did get glasses eventually because I have uh, an eye that decides to just... It didn't help. I have an eye that decides to do what it wants to do, so it's supposed to be corrective lenses. But um, even when I actually had to wear them all the time for that corrective lensing thing... 
I remember leaving them at home and then trying to convince my first grade teacher that I didn't need them anymore. And she she called mom in front of me. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, it's not an issue with your vision. Um, some kids with vision issues do have dyslexia, but it's not. It's just, you know, again, fuzzy under the lollipop for you. Just like me, I guess. Still have to wear the glasses either way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you loved your Sorry. glasses. I loved my glasses. <laughs> you did. <sighs> so, uh, kids, kids who don't speak English can't have dyslexia. And... No, that's still not true. So, English... One, yes, is a very difficult language, but mm-hmm. dyslexia is in any society, in any part of the globe. It's not like, hey, guess what? Because you're English, you're now no. dyslexic, too. Like, yeah. No. No. If you get diagnosed, like, um, I'm going to say something that I think I heard in here, and you can always correct me if I'm wrong or just totally take this out, but um, some kids um, who come to America from other countries... Uh, can fall through the cracks of being diagnosed with dyslexia because they just assume their reading difficulty is because they're learning two different languages and English is really hard. Um, if they're having issues learning any language, yeah, exactly they're right. they're probably dyslexic. Like, yeah, if, yeah. It, if it's a problem stemming past what should be happening for their um, intelligence level, if it's an, a reading problem past their level. And it continues on in any language, any culture. They're most likely have some sort of reading disorder, if not dyslexia. I'm going to have you read this next one. And this next one goes out to our mom. Another major myth is that dyslexia is caused by not enough reading at home. Yeah, that's not true. Um one and i'm gonna really swoop in here and this is exactly why this one is for our mom yeah the idea that you were telling a parent that Mm -mm. your kid's dyslexic because you did not read to them our mother read to us that is like what type of like horrible parent shaming is that why can't we like show a light on that like how dare you even how dare you assume you know what's going on in that home for one i mean our mother read to us Every night she read chapter books to us. Um, and I mean, me and my sister, older sister, Kyle, especially have, um, lamented to each other how our mother gave us this love for reading and for stories, but neither of us could just pick up a book and read it. And it was so frustrating, it's wonderful that she read to us, and she was a, a awesome mom that way, and I got to hear so many cool stories, and I loved the way she talked to, like, talked about them and things like that. She really made it uh, captivating, for me at least, and it's, I'm, I'm biased because mm-hmm. it's my mom, and I love listening to her talk. It's a fine um, memory for me as well. And and she gave us this love to, like, for books and for, for reading, but we never had the ability to read ourselves. So, so it's kind of like a mild, like, ah, mom, why did you do this to us? But it's kind of like, uh, I had this analogy earlier of, it's like someone singing to you and you saying, how dare you sing to me because I can't sing. You know, it's like, it's, it's still a beautiful gift either way. The fact that we got, yeah. yeah, even though we still in our own 
because no good deed can go unpunished, right? Punished. Mindset can be a, like, you shouldn't have read to me, mom. You should have, you should have just not read. <laughs> oh, Lord. So the last little tangent we'll leave you on with this, and this is kind of like a really good reason to never say that it's because you didn't read to your kids at home. And I'm, this is basically for mm-hmm. all parents out there. And I keep saying that it's like for our mom, but my poor mother was so excited to have children and so excited to be a mom. And she loved every little second of it. And she loves sitting down and reading those books to us. Mm-hmm. And she confided in us once that she always waited for us to read back to her and she never got that. And other parents got mm-hmm. that and she never did. And that's really yep. hard. So, please, before you, like... Make a parent feel inadequate. Make make them feel like they're failing their child. Take a second. Before you, before you like, say something or think about something, yeah, please realize that maybe it's not the most educated thing to say. <laughs> okay, final one. Myth. People who are dyslexic are unable to read. <laughs> Uh, so people with dyslexia are have a hard time figuring out your hieroglyphics, people. This is what these letters and text and whatever that is. Like, yeah, I don't understand your hieroglyphics. But I can learn them, and I do know how to use some of them in a not necessarily cohesive manner, but I would say uh, phonetic <laughs> manner. Um, so well, it's like... Saying that a person with dyslexia would never be able to read or never has that ability or they're just kind of stuck is really your own personal issue and mindset of over understanding that dyslexia isn't a pigeonhole. Like, don't pigeonhole me. <laughs> don't pigeonhole me. Actually, that's something that, I mean, directly happened to me in high school. Um, I remember this. I, I would get... I would get teased a lot for not being able to read. And even if it wasn't exactly teasing, but more like disbelief commenting, which I've come to as an adult think some of it might have been, which is still very hurtful. Um, I actually had to go up, I or I did go up to um, somebody who was commenting about the fact that I couldn't read and was just, look, I can't read as well as everybody else, and I can't read as fast as everybody else, but I can read. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's not not your standards, but I can do it. And Mm -hmm. Will I ever be able to read chapters to keep up in a class? No. Will I always need an audiobook for that? Yes. Could someday I sit down and read a chapter book that's a dream? Yeah. might come true oh okay so we know that there's a ton of other myths out there anyway there's a ton that we could go over and we will be forging Mm -hmm. on with our podcast attempting to find more and stick them where it hurts because this is ridiculous and as we have said in um other podcasts that hopefully you've listened to um or other episodes that hope you've listened to, please write in with your own um, experiences and Yeah, what are the things stories. people say to you? Yeah, <sighs> what are your myths that you've heard? Or the insensitive comments that, the insensitive but maybe trying to be helpful comments that people have said to you? Yeah, those moments where you're like, 
huh, you don't understand dyslexia. Or maybe mm-hmm. moments where you found yourself not understanding yourself in general when it happens a ton. Oh, yeah, um, it does. Actually, I've loved learning geez. so much more about my um, the way my brain works through this podcast because, like, it it makes so much about me makes so much more sense to me. <laughs> I I feel that partially, but for me. All of this research is a validation in saying those things that you do know about yourself aren't Mm -hmm. you not trying hard enough. And I know that that's stupid, and I know that that's me falling into that mindset that everyone's told me growing up, but I have a really hard time when I say that this is happening because of my dyslexia. Like, I'm having a Mm -hmm. mild... uh, panic over something because of my dyslexia because of what an issue that I know I'm going to be arise in with it and it's just very validating to know that it's real and that Mm -hmm. no matter what anyone says I they're wrong because I know I know what it is I'm living it this is me it is real and all of the research has really helped with that so yep yeah um I don't really have much else for this episode. I know that we hard tangented, but it's our episodes are probably going to turn more and more into that a little bit more tangenting. We're getting out of the having to be so strict with how we're talking about this. Um, well, we're getting out of the severe. Out. Yeah, we're getting out of the science yeah. stuff and moving into more experience-based um, knowledge. And, um, which is extremely important. Experience-based knowledge is very important because how are people going to understand us if they haven't heard from us? Yeah. And that's exactly why we are trying to build the community side of this is because it is, people are like, well, I have nothing to say. Yes, you do. Because you have an experience, because you are living your life, you do have something to say no matter what. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's just making a voice, man. Yep. Okay. Um... So, I guess... Thank you for joining us on this journey of ours. I'm so excited. This has been fun. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys listening to us. Really do. Yeah, I appreciate all of your little earbuds out there just chirping away with us. Um, We are, like I said, officially on Spotify and Stitcher, Apple Podcast, uh, Google Podcast, and Amazon Music, Amazon Podcast, whatever. We'll um, all be up as well but you probably know that by now because you're listening to us already um you can find us on instagram at melons.podcast melons.podcast instagram if you like images which i do who doesn't like a good picture uh they're all over there you can see scans of the dyslexic brain you can see um quotes that i'm putting up and little facts and figures about what we talk about in our episodes so um go over there if you want to if you want to see some images and also you can message me on instagram and i will message you back i i'm the only one working this thing so i am actually the one messaging you um with that you could also if you wanted to rate and review us and subscribe because all of those things help one our podcast be shown to other people and helps 
dyslexics find dyslexics and build a community. And two, tells me that I am doing something that you actually like. And that is, man, if I'm just not, if I'm, if you hate my voice and I don't know that, how do I know to shut up? Like, (sighs) so, Yeah. yeah, who cares, right? I'm okay with just screaming into the void, but no, yes, please leave us comments. Let us know. We'd love to um, hear from you. And I'm actually going to ask you to do something for me this week. Find a way to cultivate yourself. A little personal self-help thing. Something, Mm -hmm. one thing a week to do to cultivate something that you like about yourself or that you want to do more about. Even if you suck at it, go and do it. The first step at being kind of good at something is sucking at it. Exactly. Okay, Melons. Until the next time, be different, be kind.